talking about i'm don mcdonald and this is my show well actually this is our show and i'm glad you decided to join me this hour because we've got some very important stuff to talk about really important because these are issues that affect your life really every day and on into the future These are issues that can really change the way you live for better or for worse. Why do you think they say for richer or for poorer? This stuff is really about for richer or for poorer. Do you want to be richer or poorer? Uh, I think I know which one you're going to choose. I'm pretty sure. So today, today we focus on two big issues. For people dealing with money. And those are bad advice. And there is plenty of it out there. As a matter of fact, I believe bad advice outnumbers good advice. I don't know what the ratio is, but it's pretty darn substantial. So bad advice. And what's the other thing that everybody's thinking about when it comes to investing or saving money? What is it? What is it? It's uh, interest rates, or as I like to call it, just because it's more fun, bondage. So today, it's bad advice and bondage on the Don McDonald Show. Let's get naked. Apparently, the choir wasn't paying attention, uh, and they only respond to certain words. No, we're not talking about anything that has anything to do with sex. We're talking about money, and bondage is just my way of referring to bonds. You know, fixed income vehicles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys just relax. I'll be back to you in a little bit. But first, before we get to the topics at hand, I would like to repeat the important reminder that you can be a part of the show. You can Get your problems solved and your questions answered. If I can't help you, I know someone who can. And I'll get the answer for you right here on the program. But you have to call because I don't know what your question is unless you call with it. So here's the number. And, oh, wait, this is the good part. While you're getting a pen or something to write it down with, put it in your phone. Put it in your contact list. You never know when you might need it. You could, uh, you know, you could, you could be about to make a stupid decision and you need some help right away. Call 
You can call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The Don McDonald Show Making Money Makes Sense Hotline. And it's anything money. Anything money will make it work. Here's the number. Ready? Jot this down. 800-320-1870. There. See how easy that is? 800-320-1870. It's actually an 800 number. And then the last two parts are easy to remember. Just basically two numbers, 320 and 1870. I don't know if anything great happened in the year 1870. Let me look. Oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, some big stuff. John D. Rockefeller, Incorporated Standard Oil. The Brooklyn Bridge started uh, being built. They started building it. The 15th Amendment that guaranteed African Americans the right to vote was passed. Uh, and that was all early in the year. Uh, let's see. Women got the right to vote in Utah. It really was a big year. Uh, Georgia was the last former Confederate state to come back in the Union. Ooh, the Franco-Prussian War started in uh, in July of 1870. And finally, a, a big moment for all of us. What would we do today without them? The brand new U.S. Weather Bureau made its first forecast. And it was, here it is, the very first forecast. You ready? High winds at Chicago and Milwaukee and along the lakes. Crappy weather. Wow, you guys really are in a bad mood today. Ignore them. The number, 800-320-1870, if you are better with individual digits. Let's talk about bonds. Not bondage. Don't say the word. Uh, let's talk a little bit about bonds, shall we? Bonds and interest rates, they kind of go together. They're uh, inextricably linked, actually. Uh, first, there is a basic concept that you need to grasp that for some strange reason the vast majority of Americans do not understand. Please listen carefully. This is so important. Bond prices, the value of a bond increases when rates are falling. The value of a bond decreases when rates are rising. Well, this spring and summer, we have had a pretty dramatic increase in interest rates. The 10-year treasury uh, in, in two months, from May to July, rose from a yielding 1.63% to 2.72%. So that's over a point increase in two months. Now, whether that's overdone or not is a matter of opinion, and who cares what people think? Because remember, they only think it. They don't know it. Okay, They don't know it, and they can't predict it. It's another thing you need to get in your head, which goes to our other topic, bad advice. But we'll, we'll come back to that later. So let's take a look at what bonds did during that period. Now, these numbers were uh, were calculated by the Wall Street Journal, so I assume they did a good job. Uh, Short-term bonds declined in value 1.5% during that period. High-yield bonds declined 3.2%. The reason is uh, people are still stretching for yield. That risk is going to come back to bite people later, but it's a different kind of risk combined with an interest rate risk. Intermediate-term bonds went down 4.7%. Long-term bonds, including corporates, went down 7.5%. Again, there's another factor involved in those. 
and long-term U.S. government bonds, folks, in that two-month period, plummeted to the tune of over 14%. Do you see why I have preached short and intermediate-term bonds in your portfolio? They don't take as big a beating as do the longer-term bonds. Intermediate-term bonds down 4.7. Long-term bonds down 14.1. That's almost 10 points different. That's a huge amount of money. And I have no idea what is going to happen to bonds in the future. There are all kinds of people making all kinds of predictions, and all of them are doing the exact same thing. They're guessing. They are absolutely guessing. Now, let me help you out here. If you're trying to invest in bond funds, which is probably the best way to buy bonds because buying bonds individually is still a very tricky business unless you're a huge investor. If you are buying individual bonds in your portfolio, you really need to have a lot of money. It's, it's tough to do. You can do it. And if you are going to do it, then I absolutely implore you to ladder your bonds and then create a, a ladder discipline where the when the shortest term bond comes due, you just roll it right back out to the longest maturity in your portfolio. And don't go more than seven years, 10 years, 10 years at the outside. But let me help you when it comes to the bond funds. There is a little thing that you'll find at Morningstar and elsewhere. It's called the duration of the bond. This is different from the maturity. This really helps you determine how volatile that might be. And here's a pretty simple formula. You take that duration number and you multiply it by the increase in yields that you expect. And you're going to come up with a, with a loss number. For example, Vanguard's short-term treasury fund has a duration of 2.2 years. You expect a 1% increase in rates? Its potential loss is about 2.2%. Vanguard's long-term treasury fund, on the other hand, has a duration of 15.3 years. So if you expect a 1% increase, your potential loss, about 15-plus percent. Investing is not that hard. There are some basic things you need to know and a little bit of discipline, and there are some basic concepts like understanding that risk and reward are very closely tied one to the other, understanding what the various types of risk are when you invest, knowing what has happened in the past and how it might affect you in the future, and owning pretty much everything in the right balance for you. And then there's the problem of trying to figure out where the heck to get your investment guidance and knowledge. And it's difficult. It's hard. I, I recently was reading USA Today, and, and I thought, oh, this looks like a great article. It's called Five Common Mistakes for Rookie Investors by Jeff Reeves there. And at first glance, they look pretty good. The first one is, you know, one of the mistakes that rookie investors make is chasing the herd. I agree. You know, you don't want you want to buy low and sell high. It's almost impossible to do. Uh, but then he goes on to talk about individual stocks, which you can't possibly know when to buy low or sell high. Then his next part is not letting go. 
He says the other side of buy low, sell high is exiting at the top. Well, how do you do that, Jeff? He doesn't explain how to do that. He just says you should get out at the top. Then the next thing is not letting go part two, which is equally goofy. Uh, You're supposed to figure out that something is done for and sell it. And he talks again about individual stocks. Maybe if it's down 20%, you should sell it and get into some other stock. Which one? How would you know? Then I, I, I agree with this. Don't get greedy. He says you shouldn't uh, have all your eggs in one or two baskets. You should diversify. And you shouldn't time the market. I agree with those. But this emphasis on individual stocks and trying to figure out when to buy and when to sell, that stuff's impossible, folks. Give me a call, 800-320-1870, 800-320-1870, and we will continue this really, really soon. I mean, really soon. This is The Don McDonald Show. This is The Don McDonald Show. Money questions, money answers. You got the questions, I'll get you the answers. About anything money-oriented, and I'll give you the straight scoop to what you really have to watch out for, what you really should be doing, and how to avoid swindles, rip-offs, and really bad deals. Yep, anything money. From making it to putting it away for the future, we discuss it. Right here, Don McDonald Show, every single uh, weekday anyway, even on weekends. Oh, and the number. Here you go. It is 800-320-1870. 1-800-320-1870. It is an actual 800 number, so just uh, you don't even have to remember the first part. It's 800. Then 320-1870. It's time to grab another call. Hey, Greg, welcome to the Don McDonald Show. Hey, thank you. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you, sir? Good, good. What's going on? Well, I would like to open a Roth IRA account with Vanguard, but I've noticed each fund has a $3,000 initial investment. Yeah. And with the Roth, you can only do $5,000. Well, actually, in, in 2013, that went up to $5,500, but still, that really does limit you with that $3,000. I, I love the idea of you going with Vanguard because they're uh, no load, they have low fees, but it does make it difficult to get the kind of diversification that I'd really like people to have in their portfolio. So you may have to make some sacrifices. Now, how old are you? 32. Okay, so you're young. You, you've got tons of time. I mean, you really do have the time to be aggressive, uh, and, and you could be even more aggressive than what I'm going to suggest. But I would probably suggest that you, if you don't mind having a very heavy equity position, which you shouldn't because you've got time as long as you can be patient, uh, probably the best fund at this juncture for you is that is the Vanguard Total World Stock Index Investor Fund. Uh, that fund has a three that $3,000 minimum, really low expenses. Uh, I think they're about a third of a point. And it gives you U.S. and international, uh, about 50-50, pretty darn close. And uh, it, it does mi- it's, it's heavily weighted toward large companies, growth-oriented, 
Uh, it doesn't have the value and the small company tilt that I'd really like to see right now. But given your situation, uh, it's a good place to start. It's one idea. One place you could start, uh, it, it gives you great equity diversification. You don't have any bonds, but I don't know that at your age you need any bonds. Uh, the other thing you could do, and this has not been an option for too long, and it's one I haven't been as comfortable with, but I'm becoming increasingly comfortable with, particularly in your situation, because you don't have to worry about that day-to-day liquidity. You might want to consider building a portfolio that that used ETFs, exchange-traded funds. And you could go to Vanguard for those. You could get through Vanguard uh, there. You could, for example, get that total world, but then you could add to that Vanguard's small-cap value ETF. Uh, you could add a value ETF. You could... Even stretch for a little more risk and add in the emerging markets ETF. Uh, You can add in a REIT ETF. The key is make sure that your transaction costs are very, very low because you do have a transaction cost. You will pay a commission to buy them. So make sure you buy them through a deep discount brokerage firm and don't let them talk you into their own ETFs because they tend to have much higher fees. The key to these ETFs is the higher fees. So you got two choices. You can either build a well-diversified equity-oriented portfolio because of your age using individual ETFs, preferably through Vanguard because of the low fees, or you could start just with that uh, that total world market fund, which is going to give you Decent diversification, but I don't see how you could go too far wrong going in either direction as long as you remember that this is going to be a very volatile portfolio. Again, you have time, but you could see it go down as much as 50% in a single year, so know that. Okay, that sounds good. Does that make sense? That makes sense. All right. Well, it's great talking with you. Thanks so much for calling. Have a great week. Thank you. Take care, Greg. Bye-bye. And if you need your questions answered, it is as easy as picking up a phone. Not just during the time you hear the show, either. No, 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 no. We want you to get your answers whenever you have the question. Because, you know, things can slip your mind. So give me a call anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We'll make sure your question gets answered if you call 800-320-1870. That's 800-320-1870. And as always, it's really free and it's really easy. And it really is important. You need to get the right answers. If you're looking for a second opinion, call me because I'm free and I'm here for you. I'm always on your side. That is the one thing I've been since 1988 is on your side. And I promise you, I will continue to be. Coming up, the good, the bad, and the ugly of Jim Cramer's financial advice. Don't go away. This is The Don McDonald Show. The Don McDonald Show. I'm Don McDonald. Welcome back. Today, our area of focus bad advice and bondage. I know I can just flog that joke to death. Uh, bonds. Oh, it's more fun to say the other. Bonds. And people are confused about bonds. They really are. I've been fighting this battle for years. You need to understand that when interest rates rise, bond prices fall. 
Pretty simple. And the longer the maturity of the bonds, the bigger the drop, as we mentioned earlier in the program. Now, I read an article recently in the Wall Street Journal about a retired bond fund manager from USAA, and uh, I'm not a big fan of USAA's funds, and I'm not a big fan of active management, but she did have one good piece of advice. She goes, uh, one conservative way to handle rates rising is to gradually move your money into shorter-term bond funds, something I've been telling you for years. Howdy. Yep. It's time to talk about financial advice. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, in this week's edition of The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, we have all three combined in one exciting segment of the program. Yes, we went back to the uh, to the archives, did a little checking. Uh, I was looking for good or bad advice, and a person who was able to provide us with all of them is the one, the only, yes, we've made fun of him on the show before, Mr. Jim Kramer from that uh, program on CNBC, Mad Money. Uh, In this episode of his program, this was back in July of 2010, he gives his sage advice on saving for retirement. Now I'm going to tell you something heretical, something almost nobody else will come out and say. Most 401k plans, you know what they do? Well, Mr. Heretic, uh, I'm pretty sure I can guess. Tell us. They stink. They have high management fees and administrative costs that eat into your returns. And worst of all, They typically offer you poor choices for your investments and not enough control over them. The House of Pain. First, I've never really understood what that House of Pain thing is all about, but hey, he can play with his buttons if he wants. So, Mr. Kramer, what would you do to make 401k portfolios better? Ideally, when you're managing your own money, you want a diversified portfolio of 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 global stocks and bonds created for your risk tolerance, maybe with 14,000 stocks in the portfolio and thousands of high quality short duration government bonds. Right. Is that it, Jim? I'm so excited. I can't wait for this. Great, great, great advice. Five to ten stocks. I'm sorry. I, I, I was taking a bit of back. Did he just say your portfolio should consist of five to ten individual stocks and that's diversified? Gee, these 401ks must be bad. But most 401k plans only let you choose between no more than a couple dozen different mutual funds, some stocks, some bonds. Oh, 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 wait, I'm confused now. Don't mutual funds have well-diversified portfolios? The best you can normally do is find a decent low-cost index fund, put your 401k money in there. Yeah, you settle for an index fund, a passive portfolio of lots and lots of stocks that's really well-diversified. Yeah, settle for that because most 401ks don't allow you to massively diversify in five or ten individual stocks carefully selected by who? Oh, maybe Mr. James Kramer himself. Given that the whole premise of mad money is that you can do better than an index fund by picking stocks. I thought the whole idea of mad money was to entertain people and make 
lots of money for Jim Cramer. How wrong I was. So you're saying you you can do better than an index fund with your stock picks. Is that We're right? We're the only ones who say that. Believe me. Uh, of course, Jim, I would never doubt you. Heck, and Jim, we trust. You know that. But I, I, I just I don't think that guys like David Dremen or Ken Fisher or Louis Nevalier or John Markham or Bob Brinker or Gary Kaltbaum or Laszlo Birinini or Stephen Lieb or, oh gosh, there are just so many. The list goes on and on and on. Would agree with you that you're the only one saying that, but. I have enough experience to know we're right. Managing your portfolio on your own is better. Right. All you have to do is look at the Dalbar studies every year that show that individual investors do worse than the S&P 500. Oh, oh, and then, gee, there's the track record of all of these gurus, uh, like Jim Cramer. As a matter of fact, a group called CXO Advisory Group from 2005 to 2012 tracked 68 of the top market predictors. And it's funny, when you add up all of their prediction accuracy, including Jim Cramer, you come up with a uh, accuracy number of uh, just a little over 47%. Ah, uh, gee, that sounds a lot like dumb luck. And, Jim, your own over that period of time came in, according to them, at 46.8% accurate. Mark Holbert said that uh, from 2009 through 2011, your action alerts made 5% less than the Wilshire 5,000, so you're not doing real well. So I thought I'd check with others. I went to Google and, and saw some of these headlines like, there's no shortage of research that shows Kramer gives poor advice. Ten reasons to ignore Kramer's advice. Huh, from Slate. Why you should never take Jim Kramer seriously. Barons, Kramer's star outshines his stock picks. Hmm, Jim. Oh, here's one from Consumerist. Kramer's advice slightly worse than a coin toss. Yeah, about 46%. That's slightly worse than a coin toss. But let's get back to the main point now. And and that was Mr. Kramer's assertion that, that we partially agree with. 401ks are okay, a pretty poorly designed vehicle. I, I, I wrestle with this, but sometimes I think the whole 401k system was set up to benefit the financial services industry, not you. You, you just came to that conclusion that the financial services industry creates products to benefit themselves and not the clients? Wow, where have you been for uh, several years uh, as a part of the financial services industry and a member of the media who is supposed to be watching over them? Okay, enough criticizing for now. So when it comes right down to it, 401k stinks. So what, uh, what does he say people should be doing? You should still contribute to your 401k, though, because of its tax-blessed nature and because many employers will match your 401k contributions. Hey, that's like free money. And it would be insane to refuse it. So put enough money in your 401k to max out the company match and then stop. Wow. Dare I say that Jim and I agree? This is the good part. This is the good part. The rest of your retirement investing should happen in your IRA until you hit the upper limit on what you're allowed to contribute in a given year. We're still agreeing. Unlike a 401k plan, an IRA lets you invest the way you want to. True. Investing in a 401k plan is some is a something you can do. Hey, you can do it without a brain. Well. But investing in an IRA is something that you can do better. Really? If you try. All we have to do is try harder. Well, what should we try harder with in that IRA? Your best bet here is owning high-yielding stocks that provide protection and generate tons of income, untaxed income. Specifically, 
I want you to take a look at master limited partnerships called MLPs. Wow, those can be really volatile. They can go way up. They can go way down. And, you know, sometimes those big dividends they pay, in fact, many times, did you know that those are actually return of your principal, that these are self-liquidating investments? I didn't hear Jim mention that one time during this entire segment. In fact, he does pretty much exactly the opposite in this big ending for the segment. These are companies with bountiful dividends that you can reinvest so they compound for years and years, giving you amazing long-term returns. Perfect for when you ultimately do retire. How does he get away with saying that kind of stuff? Well, you see, he buried some good stuff in there among the truly bad and the end. Incredibly ugly. There we have bad advice. Our focus today, bad advice and bonds, although we uh, head off in a number of different directions. You can be a part of the show by just calling this number 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 800-320-1870, 800-320-1870. And speaking of bonds... Our next stop is in Scotts Valley, California. Irina, welcome to the Don McDonald Show. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, Irina, what can I do to help you? Uh, Quick question, I hope. Uh, The question is regarding traditional IRA and regarding rolling it over to Vanguard family of funds. Uh, My husband and I will already have equity, buy and hold fund family, Mm -hmm. but we do not have any bond family in Vanguard. And my question is, should we roll over, we're talking about 63K um, money, um, chunk of money, mm-hmm. to Vanguard bond index funds solo, or should we split that amount 50-50 between Vanguard intermediate term and short term investment grade? So this is going to be the, uh, the 50% equity portion of, or the uh, bond portion of your portfolio? Actually, it's a smaller portion. Uh, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to make up a portion of that 50%. Exactly. Okay. Then the, the 50% is really designed not as much to gain income as to act as ballast to the portfolio. Okay. And the bond index fund, while it's a great fund, tends to have more long-term in the portfolio. And long-term bonds tend to have a greater degree of volatility. We don't want volatility in the bond portion. The bond portion is for stability. So that's why I would suggest you lean more heavily, as a matter of fact, focus almost entirely on the, uh, the, the, the Vanguard short and the intermediate. I would go that route rather than go with the bond index fund because we want that stability. The other thing is, and this is not a market timing, uh, process at all, but think about it. Interest rates, particularly at the shorter end of the spectrum, are about as low as they can possibly go. Mm -hmm. It frightens me, really does frighten me in a market like this to go very long on the bonds. A a short-term portfolio turns over regularly. So if rates rise, you've got new bonds coming into that portfolio to bring up the rate on the entire portfolio so you don't suffer the big losses that you do with a longer-term bond. So I'd lean short-intermediate. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Confirmed my intuitive and, um, of course, I read all your articles, uh, intuitive and learned experience very well. Thank you very much again. Terrific. Arena, thank you. And that gives me a great opportunity to plug the website, too, where you can find a lot of 
pieces that I've written, just go to donm.com, D-O-N-M.com. It's really easy. Four letters, D-O-N-M.com. Uh, and we will be back with more, but first we have to take care of some things. This is The Don McDonald Show. This is The Don McDonald Show. And... The show continues. Hi, I'm Don McDonald. Welcome. Our phone number is 800-320-1870. That's 800-320-1870. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you can call and get your questions answered on anything that relates to money. And let's wrap up this hour of the show with a great question from Charles. Charles, welcome to the program. Well, thanks very much. I appreciate you taking my question. I've been thinking about the fixed income portion of the portfolio, and I've heard that with the likelihood of interest rates going up in coming years, that uh, bonds uh, are likely to lose value, mm-hmm. lose uh, principal in uh, bond mutual funds. I guess my question is this. Does it make sense to have medium or intermediate or long-term bonds in a portfolio right now? Or does it make more sense to have the fixed income portion of a portfolio in a cash to money market fund if if it's pretty much the case that uh, bonds are going to go down in the coming years. This is such a timely question. This is a great question. And it's so important that anyone investing in anything really hear this message. First, long-term bonds, I do not believe, have any place in anybody's portfolio. No long-term bonds at all. I'm not a big fan of having corporate bonds in a portfolio. I certainly don't think you should have junk bonds in a portfolio. The risk is just too high, and the reward is not commensurate with the risk. When you get out to those longer maturities of bonds, they become very, very volatile, but you're not rewarded with enough extra potential return to compensate you for that risk. Now, what you need to understand is that bonds do not exist in the portfolios that I advocate and that so many academics advocate for the purpose of providing income. That's not their primary goal. The primary purpose for bonds in your portfolio is to provide a modicum of safety, a little bit of return, but really it's mainly about the providing ballast to the portfolio, providing some stability so that you can go out and get equities where historically you've tended to be better rewarded for the levels of risk you take. But here's the deal. When rates rise, and they inevitably rise, I don't, I'm don't. i not saying they're going to rise tomorrow. I, I mean, they could go flat for a while. They could even go down again. Who knows? No one knows. But when they go up, shorter to intermediate term bonds are going to be less impacted than longer term bonds. They're going to recover faster because they'll turn over into new bonds. So you'll get the new higher yield in the future. So while you'll suffer some short-term losses, over the long run, as rates rise, your short-to-intermediate-term bonds will reflect that new higher rate, and that extra compensation can overcome some of those losses in the future. That, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. So you're saying a, a short-term fund is, is certainly better than a long-term fund, but it's also better than cash. Yeah, for the bulk of your portfolio. But remember, your short-term money, your, uh, your liquid needs, 
should be in something that is not volatile, a money market fund, a money market account, something that doesn't fluctuate. Yeah. Bo- the short to intermediate bonds make up the the foundation of your portfolio. But understand, we're not talking about no volatility in this portion of the portfolio. We'll go up and down in value somewhat, but uh, not. it shouldn't be dramatic. You've got to give it a lot of time, though. Makes a lot of sense. Where in that spectrum would you place a Ginny May fund? Ginny May fund. Well, first, they're, they're, they're intermediate to long term. They, they fall at the longer end of the spectrum. But Ginny Mays are tricky. Ginny Mays, I don't suggest Ginny Mays because they can, they can be the the worst of both worlds, not the best. In a rising interest rate environment, Jenny Mays then become longer-term securities because people won't pay off their mortgages, their lower-rate mortgages. In a falling rate environment, Jenny May maturities shorten, so you get those paid off sooner, and you have to get new Jenny Mays down the road at lower interest rates. So they become long-term bond volatile if rates are falling, and they don't give you the benefits of locking in some yields if rates are falling. So I'm not a big Ginny May fan. Great. Thank you very much. That's very helpful. Charles, thanks for being a part of the show. All of the information shared on the Don McDonald Show is believed to be accurate, but we can't guarantee it, or anything else for that matter. And given our time constraints, Don can't possibly provide a complete analysis of the issues discussed. Nothing said here should ever be considered personalized investment advice. What Don shares with you is general money, knowledge, information, and opinions. You should always look to qualified tax, legal, or investment professionals for specific advice and guidance. Time to call your lawyer. Even though Don is a founding partner and chief investment strategist of the investment advisory firm Vestry, which also sponsors this program, Don's opinions and suggestions are his only and are not a solicitation or any offer to buy or sell any advisory services or securities. For complete disclosure information, what, there's more? Seriously? Please visit DonaM.com. This program is void, we're prohibited. And it looks like that brings us to the end of an hour. Thanks for being a part of it. This is The Don McDonald Show.